Tono mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka. Kia mou, tono mai, koutou katoa, coming up on The Panel with me, Wallace Chapman. Today, 12 years ago, the Feb 22nd earthquake struck Christchurch. Now, I mention that because many have been in touch across the week who went through those quakes and can relate on some level what cyclone-affected communities went through. You know, the massive silt, not being able to contact anyone, no toilets or power for days on end. So if you'd like to share a memory of that day 12 years ago, text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Today on the show, our focus goes to West Auckland, where challenges are still continuing in the wake of Cyclone Gabrielle. And the latest official cash rate uh, figure is out. What does it mean? And our economist this afternoon says uh, that we have underinvested in this country for 30 years. Rent. We need to talk about rent this afternoon. It is at an all-time high. The median weekly rent is now $600. What's the limit? How are people affording this? Let me know. And 47 years ago, one of the world's most famous songs released, Warm Smell of Kalitas, Rising Up Through the Air. What song would that be? Also today, you'll inspire more trust in people if you dress down a little. It's called Sweaty Dressing, so we uh, take that to the panel this afternoon. You can text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Julia Hartley-Moore, owner of Julia Hartley-Moore Investigations Limited for, what, 28 years now, Julia. What a journey it's been for you. <laughs> Hi, Wallace. Great to have you on. Also, for the first time in a long time, Eli Matthewson, comedian, broadcaster, and can I just say, one half of the first same-sex duo on Dancing with the Stars. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It was a very short-lived Dancing with the Stars journey, (laughs) but hopefully memorable. (laughs) Memorable. You underwent what was described in the paper as the most truly shocking elimination. Have you recovered? I mean... No, because everywhere I go, people bring it up. I'll be at the supermarket, someone will bring it up. I'll be at the movies, someone will tap me on the shoulder. I'm like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it either. <laughs> but I thought it was iconic, you know. You know, you want, you want to, if you're going to go out, why not go out with a bang? Well, we it'll did. be, that's part of history now. Exactly. You know, it'll be on NZ on screen. Yeah, it'll, you know, clip, on, a, clip a thingy's eye popping out and then that. <laughs> on this day 20 years ago, <laughs> Nice to have you here, Julia and Eli, with me uh, this afternoon. Now, got to get to this. I'd like to know if you're on board with this. A $500 fee for the right to use on-street car parking in Auckland. That's what has been mooted. Auckland Council is being urged to charge this yearly $500 fee. The city centre residence group that represents downtown dwellers said this climate-focused levy could raise $850 million. And I thought, this is interesting. With us is Matt Lowry from the Greater Auckland site, a non-profit group that advocates for public transport and urbanism in Tomaki Makaurau. Kia ora, Matt. Kia ora, Wallace. A really interesting idea. $500 for the right to use on-street parking. Where do you sit with this? Well, I mean, if you, it's one of those things that when you first hear it, it sounds... You know, oh, that, that's I don't, you know that sounds quite scary. But when you think about the, the economics of it, you know, uh, a car park in downtown Auckland 
uh, the land of the land of it sits on could be as much as two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per car park, and you know that land is pretty expensive, and there's a lot of things that we could be using it for. And so the question is, is car parking the most expensive, most important thing to be using it for? And alternatively, you know, residents and one of the arguments that they've used is that, um, that they, you know they're having to pay to provide provide their own car parks if they want cars, but people who who come in from the from the suburbs can park there all day for you know, much less than five hundred dollars. And you know, should we should there be some some fairness between them um, so that so that we're paying sort of similar rates for for the similar kind of outcomes? Yeah. So the deal is, uh, you know, if you go if you park in Auckland uh, every day, say five days a week, you're looking at uh, around about three thousand dollars a year uh, for for the year, three to three and a half thousand dollars a year. Five hundred dollars as a cost sounds absolutely fantastic or would this be on top of uh, what you usually pay? I, I think the, the impression I got was this was on top of, of the normal charges rather than oh. to be able to park. I'm, I'm not entirely sure on that part. Yeah. Uh, but I think it raises the, the, the important point of we need to think about how we actually manage our on-street car parking. You know, one of the things that we've had is um, on-street parking in some places hasn't changed for for years, you know, five, six years you know, we put up public transport prices every year. We we change those things on a regular basis. So we need to sort of think about how we how we're using the space on our streets and our transport networks. Uh, you know, if this sparks a conversation to do that, then that's a that's a good thing. Let's go to the panel. How do you feel about this, Julia? You're in uh, Auckland as a ally. Is is this something that would um, sit well with you, or would you be dead against it? Well, thank God I don't do it. I don't go in there, so that's marvellous. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, the, the trouble is there isn't always public transport for people in, in certain areas, right? So they have to rely on their vehicles to get into the city. Mm. And this is, this is where, you know, I think it is rather exorbitant. And, um, and I, I can imagine that they're going to start charging for parking in residential streets or... You know, it just and and then it's about the size of your goddamn car, right? If it's it said something about, you know, if you've got a giant car, you pay more than if you've got a little car. Is am I right? Or I don't don't know about that yet, Julia. But it sounds like you're on the side of uh, where where does this where does this madness end? Uh, What about you, Eli? Look, in theory, I support this sort of thing. I would love a kind of car-free city, but in practice, I bring my car into the city all the time to do gigs, and I know the exact places where I can get a sneaky park for free. A sneaky I, park, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, there's certain car parks where they don't check for tickets as much as possible. You can DM me on Instagram, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the deal, isn't it, Matt? I mean, Mayor Wayne Brown said, good luck with getting $1.6 million, uh, well, sorry, 1.6 million people paying $500 a year. Yeah, I mean, it is good luck. There are some countries that do this. For example, in, in, in Japan, you oh. can't even buy a car where, unless you can prove that you've got a place to park it and you've, that you've paid for a place to park it. So Goodness. it's not it's not unheard of where these sorts of, of things. You know, Singapore have quite highly regulated, um, you know, who, who can park cars. I'm not not suggesting that there, but I think what what it's what this is really trying to do is spark the conversation about how do we use our street space and how do we make sure we're using it fairly. You know, for, for example, there, we've got a lot of places where there are. Uh, residential parking schemes where you pay $100 for a permit to park and people from outside can't park. And the idea of those is so that people from, you know, the, the further outside can't come and park in your in your street and, and then just walk to work or what have you. 
uh, to make it you know, to make it easier for locals to get a car park. But the reality is that that's all public space, and that that is space that we all pay for in terms of maintenance and and um, and all those things. And so, should that is it really a fair way, and is it a fair price to be to be charging for for that? And and what what the city centre residents group who are pushing this are sort of saying as well, this is, could be a way to, to gather to raise some revenue to cover things to include better buses and trains and all the rest of it mm. for, for people and make those make up you know help fund a lot of better better outcomes um as a you know, as a way of doing that that's really yeah, what, the, what this that's, is about. that's the idea very interesting conversation and interesting you say matt that there are precedents uh, overseas we might look into that it's quite uh, interesting no don't charge us more to park i'm a shift worker at auckland city hospital not enough staff parking so i have to park on the road no public transport out of ours here yeah, bit of response here you pay more in paris to bring a large car into town than a small car. There you go, Julia. Hey, thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, kia ora. Thanks for your time. That's Matt Lowry there from uh, the Greater Auckland site. All right, it is five to four on the panel. Uh, time for I've been thinking, Julia, hardly more. Well, look, Wallace, how could you not be thinking about what's happened over the last few weeks, especially with the cyclone and... Uh, we, we were fortunate where we were, um, that we had no structural damage and, you know, but I just think of all these poor people when you read about what's gone on and what's happened and the loss of lives and, you know, and you see houses just completely submerged and sheep on the roof of a house. I mean, I just, it's just, it's heartbreaking to think, I mean, like you were saying before or someone was saying before, the 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 um the Christchurch earthquakes were the sort of the last thing we've had that that sort of is similar to this. But you know, old Mother Nature, man, she can be cruel. And I just thinking of all those people. That's all, really. Uh, yes, indeed, and uh, that's right. Uh, the uh, well. Um, Kia ora, Julia, for that, and uh, we've been discussing this, haven't we? We've just dominated uh, the news cycle here, and rightfully so. And we go to uh, one of the West Auckland places to talk about that further. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely uh, just devastating, isn't it? Uh, now, by the way, um, on that, the number of people still uncontactable after Cyclone Gabriel continues to fall and currently sits at 346 police sales, reading that uh, this, this afternoon. So uh, that's a fall of more than 800 people on the previous update. So the number of people still uncontactable continues to fall and currently sits at 346. Uh, very good, Julia Hartley-Moore. Eli Matthewson, uh on a very different note, I've been... Thinking, yeah, I've been thinking about men's health and beauty products because I'm getting a lot of targeted advertising for these products recently. One is for um, it's for moisturizer for men. Yeah, the ad says it's not lotion, it's brotion. So they're trying to put oh, like please. the manliest word possible in there, and I'm just thinking, you know. In 2023, can men not be grown up enough to just buy moisturizer <laughs> without having to call it Manstarizer or something like that? Because there's another one I get as well. There's a men's makeup brand. It's like a foundation I always get targeted advertising for. It's called War Paint. I'm like, you can't oh, imagine. You've got to be serious. Imagine explaining that to a veteran. You know, it's like, it's not for war. You just, just if you want to make your skin look nice, do it. <laughs> you don't need to act like you're going into the trenches. <laughs> 
That's just crazy. That's just how everything's just gone crazy now. So you're, talking about, you're talking about gendering language here. It doesn't need to be brochin. Yeah. Or what's the, what's the other one, did you say? War paint. And the other one? For Men's Foundation. Yeah. Good. A manstriser. Men's, manstriser. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. I saw a rosé advertised for men to drink called Brose. I'm like, guys, you can just have it if you want. <laughs> You oh. don't need to put um, a word referring to your gender into the product description. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, and on that, on a light note, um, there's nothing like getting the right moisturiser. Oh, I know. I've, I've only, it's taken me years to figure it out, Wallace. But I can see your skin's looking great. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't looking for comments, but thank you. No, well, well, well I give them freely. You don't, you don't need to ask me. <laughs> Julia, you wanted to jump in on the moisturiser issue? Well, well, obviously, I'm an expert in moisturiser. I'm a girl, obviously, and I just think it's great that guys use it. I make Steve use it. I mean, all guys should use it and all women should use it. It doesn't matter. And you should start young. Just start young. Do you think or is it, is it you know, just wipe your, wipe your face with a nice warm no. cloth and hydrate? No, no Wallace, just... it's not that. It's not that <laughs> oh. at all. It's four products in the morning, four products in the evening. It's a whole routine. It's a, it's a full-time job. Eli Matthewson and Julia Hartley-Moore with us this afternoon. Stay with us, talking official cash rate and more today.